Welcome to Excel Church. My name is Pastor Alicia, and I'm so glad you decided to join me on this morning. As you can see, I'm still traveling. I had the immense pleasure of taking my daughter um, along with my husband uh, to begin her freshman year of college. And so I am certainly here off of a realm of emotions that I have never experienced before. And I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who is a part of our church family, who's been praying for our daughter, who I know to you is like a sister or like a daughter as well, um, but also praying for me and Pastor Charles. So I thank you guys for being a part of our family. I think this is one of the most exciting things about being in community. Uh, it's being there for one another, supporting one another, praying for one another. And I certainly want to thank my church family for doing all of the above. And to those who are joining us and visiting us for the first time, welcome. Uh, please feel free uh, to text the information that has been provided on the screen. Uh, we like to send gifts just to thank you for joining us, and we would love to welcome you into our community as well. So let's get into the Word this morning. I hope you have your Bibles because we're certainly getting into the Word, um, and we are going to be continuing in our sermon series. So for those of you who don't know, uh, for the last few weeks, we have discovered that we serve a God that never changes. And uh, just as he has moved in the life of people in the past, um, we have been uncovering how he is still moving in the lives of people today. And so we've been in a series entitled um, Always God. Somebody say that with me, the Always God. And in this series, uh, what we are doing is discovering exactly how he moves and how we can experience him in our life in the here and in the now. And I'm just so grateful for that. I love how we have an opportunity to explore how God is still at work in our lives because as we go through all of these different journeys, it's so wonderful that not only do we not go through it alone because we have community, but we also don't go through it alone because we have God. And so in week one, uh, we talked about how God is still speaking. Somebody say that God is still speaking and he, he does still speak um, to us even today in a number of ways. Uh, and we talked about that. So you can go back and listen to those sermons if you missed that. Um, in week two, we learned how God is still hearing. Somebody say, God is still hearing. And we talked about the beauty of serving a God whose ears are open to the cries of his people. This week, somebody say this week, we are talking about a God who sees. A God who sees. And the title of this message is always seeing. Go ahead and put that, always seeing. Now here's the big idea behind today's message. The God who sees means the God who cares. The God who sees means the God who cares. And I want this message to be a message of hope. God has not forgotten you. Are you ready for that? God has not 
forgotten you. And maybe you've thought that thought sometimes. Surely we all have at some point in some way or another. Maybe for you, the trials and the tribulations are just adding up. And you feel like, I just can't seem to catch a break. I take 10 steps backwards every time I take three steps forward. Or maybe you're looking around at your job and you're at work and while you're working hard and honoring God, it seems like those who are around you that are taking shortcuts and kissing up and doing everything that doesn't honor God are the ones that seem to be getting further ahead faster. Oh, I know what it feels like to look around you and to, to wonder where's the, where's the equity here? Maybe it's just the evil in this world has take, just overtaken you. You read the news every morning. You, you scroll through your social media feed. You see the senseless murders and the tragedies and people being taken advantage of and, and dying. And, and the question you ask is, God, are you seeing this? Do you see what's going on? And if you really are honest, sometimes you ask, God, do you care? This is what the Christians were asking when the scripture that we're going to read today that Peter was writing to um, in Asia Minor, which is modern day Turkey. These are the questions that they were asking and wrestling with. And they were living in intense persecution. They were being abused discriminated against, taken advantage of, and yes, some of them dying for the faith that they held on to. If you start turning with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, I want to read some verses with you because Peter writes to encourage these believers to keep their trust in Jesus, to put their hope in him. And he reminds them, that God still sees and cares about them. And I want us to do that today. I want us to be reminded of that today. So if you have Bibles with me, just turn with me quickly to 1 Peter chapter 5. And we're going to get into the word as we look at verses 6 through 11. You there? All right. It says, verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by the brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him, be the dominion forever and ever. Amen.
from this scripture, I want to share four truths with you. Somebody say four truths. Each truth revolves around this idea of God still seeing. God still seeing. What does he see? Number one, God sees what we do. Somebody say that. God sees what we do. If you look at Psalm chapter 33, verses 13 through 15 say, the Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. And so maybe you're wondering what God is doing. He is sitting on his throne. He is looking out over all of his creation, ruling and reigning, working his plans for this world and our lives out. And he is observing all our deeds. Somebody say all our deeds. Listen to these Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 21. For man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. Proverbs 15, 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. The Bible says he is looking for those who are faithful to him. Hmm. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 16, 9a. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. God sees everything. Recall the words of Jesus in Matthew 6. Look at verses four through six. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, hallelujah, and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. I don't know about you, but it blesses my heart to know that my father, he sees he sees what we do. He sees in secret. He sees in private when you're in your room and you're crying and you don't have anybody that you can express what you're going through to. He sees you. He sees you when you're on your knees praying and calling out to him. He would teach later in a parable uh, in Matthew 25 about eternal rewards. And he says, when you, when you feed the hungry, he sees you. 
When you clothe the naked, he sees you. When you visit the sick and imprisoned, he sees you. You know, God just reminded me of that. When when I do some things and sometimes you don't capture things and sometimes you don't take pictures of it. You don't put it on social media. And that's okay because your reward comes from God. God sees what you do. He saw how you paid for the person in the line behind you because they just looked like they needed a hand or just because he put it on your heart to do so. They, they looked totally fine, but you heard the Holy Spirit say to do it and you did it. Mm. God sees. Somebody say God sees. God notices. And if you do these things and you don't think anyone notices, remember God does. God sees our actions and obedience and will reward it. This is a, this is a, this is understanding this has got me through so many difficult times. I pray that it gets you through. Don't know what you're dealing with this morning. Sometimes we work at a job where people don't see what we do. They don't see the effort we put in. They don't appreciate it. Or sometimes we serve. I serve in a community where I serve on the board of directors. And sometimes I think they don't recognize the, the volume of time and attention that it takes from someone in a volunteer position. Or sometimes you are a parent and you give selflessly over and over and over again. And your child is in that oblivious stage where they have no idea what you do for them how early you wake up to get things ready or how late you stay up at night preparing to make sure that there's a way to provide. But you know who does see? God sees and God rewards. Somebody say God sees and God rewards. But, but listen to this, listen to this. He also sees our disobedience and sin. All right, come on, let's just, just keep it all the way real. He also sees the disobedience in our sin. Listen to Jeremiah 16, 17. For my eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from me, nor is their iniquity concealed from my eyes. Psalm 98 says, you have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. And so if you're thinking, well, maybe he won't see if I fudge this expense report. Or maybe you're thinking, if I close the door and turn off all the lights, maybe he won't see me clicking on this site that I have no business going on. He sees. He sees. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. See, that ought to keep you accountable. That was the thing that I remember was most important to me. I said, you know what? I don't want, and I remember thinking this actively, I don't want a spouse or even a child to do something because I said so. Because the, the, the reality is that if I'm not in their presence, and I'm not there to supervise or to watch them, then what would be their motivation for continuing to do the right thing? I always wanted to instill, okay, I said so, but this is what God says about this. 
I always wanted to marry someone who honored and feared God because I didn't want to be tracking you down, checking nobody's cell phone, following behind. So like, no, 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 no. When you know that God sits on the throne of someone's heart and that they are deeply concerned that what they do, that it is pleasing to God, that eliminates a whole lot of nonsense. And so when we raise our children, when we pick our spouse, when we pick business endeavors with people who have the same commitment and love for God, not just somebody that says, oh, I have the same faith as you, but you can see that their heart is that they want to be pleasing in the sight of God. It makes a big difference because God is who they are giving an account to. And instead of you having to force them to do the right thing, you can leave that between them and their relationship with God, that God is going to help them to stay accountable. Psalm 121.3b um, says, he who watches, he who keeps watches, you, you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps watches Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord will keep watch. You're going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Nothing is getting past him. Somebody say that. Nothing is getting past him. He sees everything. Okay. So he sees our faithfulness and our obedience. And he also sees our unfaithfulness and our disobedience. He sees everything. And what Peter wants the believers here in the midst of persecution to know is that God sees whether or not they're going to, as in verse six, humble themselves in light of the suffering they are experiencing so that at the proper time they will be exalted or are going to stiffen their necks so to speak and, and be upset with God for what he is allowing them to go through. Knowing that God sees us should motivate us to stay the course. Tell somebody, stay the course. Stay the course. He sees. God sees what we do. Number two, number two. God sees what we do not. Somebody say that. God sees what we do not. Remember where God is positioned. He's ruling and he's reigning. Sitting enthroned over all his creation. Now this points to his sovereignty. He sees things differently than we do. He has what I call a press box view of all of all life. And because of where God is positioned, he has a different perspective. And he sees things that we don't see. I talked about that a little bit last week. He doesn't just see our obedience or our disobedience, but he sees the very motives of our heart. He sees why we obey or why we disobey. God sees the heart. Jeremiah 17, 10a, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. Or Proverbs 21, 2, 
Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. And do you remember when Samuel was called to anoint the, the next king of Israel and Jesse brings out all of his sons and the first one that Samuel comes across, the uh, he was so impressed with. He was tall, he was handsome. It looked like he should be the king, right? But remember, God was not impressed. <laughs> Again, he doesn't see what we see. I wish we would catch that revelation. I'm telling you, we get ready to choose a school or get ready to choose a, a mate or get ready to choose. And we go strictly off of the outward appearances in spite of the fact that we know that God looks deeper. God looks beyond what we can see on the surface. God looks at the heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature. Hmm, because I have rejected him. Woo! All right, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. Mm. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Whew, because I have rejected him. Mm. All right, keep it going. God sees what we do not, people. Do you hear me? And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Remember the big idea of what we're covering today. He sees and he cares. And that's why we thank God for unanswered prayers. Amen. Somebody say amen. Some, where are my spiritually mature saints at that can understand that unanswered prayer is a blessing? Because God saw what you didn't see. Oh, yes. When you were just determined that you wanted to get this one job and that position was open and you were fuming and you were extremely upset that you got passed over and that somebody got else got it. But God saw what you didn't see. He saw the the the, the stress that that was going to add on you, the, 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 the difficulty you were going to have with that supervisor. He saw the uh, the harassment that you were going to face in that workplace. He saw the, the, the mental and the physical toll it was going to take on your body. And he said, no, not so. There are prayers that do not get answered, that God has seen it, he has blocked it, and he has put you on a different path. And we have, as mature Christians have got to thank God for saying no, even when we thought the answer should be yes. Ooh, let's move on. God sees all the pieces at play. Okay. He sees what will bring us harm. He sees what will bring him the most glory. He sees the cause and effect of every choice we make before we make it. As well as everyone else walking the earth. And this is why we can say and believe with confidence the promise in Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Our seeing is limited. God's is not. And this should be one of the main reasons we worship him. John Piper said, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life and you may be aware of three of them. 
<laughs> Remember what I was saying earlier about our, our children not realizing how we get up early and do things to prepare for them and stay up late. And you know what? That applies to us too. God is doing 10,000 things in your life right now. And you know about three of them. That's why it used to get me so emotional when we would sing together um, Waymaker. And we would have that little version that we would add in that sentence that says, even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't realize it, he's at work and he never stops working. God is at work in our life. God, I thank you for that. God sees everything, even when we don't. He even sees 1 Peter 5, 7, our adversary, the devil prowling around like a roaring lion seeking to devour us. He sees what is really real. And that's the spiritual battle that we are in. Peter here is encouraging the believers in persecution to not get so fixated on the outward circumstances of life, concentrating only on those who are physically opposing them. He's reminding them of who this battle is actually really against, Satan and the force of darkness. Recall the words of Paul in Ephesians 6, 11 through 12, put on the whole armor of God Yep, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Are you understanding this a bit more clearly now? While we are desperately seeking God, while we need him more than we think that we do sometimes, sometimes we get on autopilot and we get our little rhythm going and we go to church on Sunday and we know the Bible and we're on autopilot. No, we need God. Somebody say, we need God. He sees what we don't. Peter tells these persecuted believers to stand firm in their faith because it's their faith that allows them to see with spiritual eyes what they could never see in the physical. God sees what we do. God sees what we don't. And then thirdly, God sees what has us down. Somebody say that. Number three, God sees what has us down. In our first Peter passage, God is very aware of the believers and the suffering and the persecution they are going through. Again, it has not caught God by surprise. God sees. I need you to know this. God still sees you right now. Somebody say that. God still sees you right now in the midst of your hurt and your pain in your struggle, in your hardship, in your confusion, in your tears, God sees you. Reminds me of um, the story in the Old Testament about Hagar. Do you remember Hagar? She was Sarah uh, and Abram's wife's 
Sarah, Abram's wife's servant. And God had promised Abraham and Sarah um, that they would have a child. But like often in life, they were having to wait on God to deliver. But like many of us, um, they didn't want to wait on God. Not anymore. And so they figured God must have forgotten about us. He must have forgot the promise he made us. So uh, they did the worst thing that they could ever do, which many of us do. <laughs> and after they didn't see God move fast enough, they took matters into their own hands. And together, Sarah and Abraham made the decision that Abraham was going to sleep with Sarah's servant, Hagar, with the hopes that after Hagar became pregnant and as the child, Abraham and Sarah will raise him as his own. Well, that happens. Sarah does uh, give her servant Hagar to her husband and Hagar becomes pregnant. But then Sarah becomes so jealous and angry that the Bible says, quote, she dealt harshly with Hagar. And so Hagar ran away. Hagar runs to the desert. She runs to the wilderness to get away from Sarah. And she is so broken so broken because as a servant she only did what her master asked her to do and now for that she's being treated unjustly she's tired she's all alone she has absolutely nothing and no one and at this moment an angel of the Lord appears and tells her Go back, go back, mm. go back and submit to Abraham and to Sarah. And the angel of the Lord promises her in this that she will have a son. And listen to her response in Genesis 16, verse 13. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. For she said, truly here I have seen him who looks after me. God revealed himself to his people. And he revealed himself oftentimes through names. And right here we see his name in the Hebrew, Jehovah Roi, which means the God who sees me. Hagar said, you are a God of seeing. Truly here, I have seen him who looks after me. This is the God you and I are serving. He is a God who sees you. He sees what you're going through. He sees you. Thank you, Father God. And he's looking after you. And the comfort for me this morning, as a mother who just dropped her firstborn child off, to live in a faraway place from our home, that he sees her. He is a God who sees. Oh, that's so amazing to know the type of amazing God that we serve. How much comfort and hope can that bring you this morning? I don't know what's weighing on your heart. Maybe you're not a mama who just sent your baby to fly away out of the nest. But maybe you're in a broken relationship. 
Maybe you're struggling with secret sin or bills that are just piling up or addiction or sickness or injury or the death of a loved one. Whatever it is, listen to me this morning. God sees and in his seeing, he cares. First Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Psalm 56, 8a, you have kept count of my tossings Put my tears in your bottle. God sees every tear you shed. And your suffering, whatever it may be, will only be for a short time. 1 Peter 5.10 says, And after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself Restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Mm. All right, I'm going to get to the last point. Whew, God sees what we do. God sees what we don't. God sees what has us down. And then last point, number four, God sees what Jesus has done. And we're going to close on that. Because when God looks down on us, he doesn't see the categories that we focus on. He doesn't see rich and poor or black and white and male and female. You know what God sees? He sees two categories. And I want you to catch this. Those who are in Christ and those who are not. When we place our faith and our trust in Jesus, God no longer sees us in our sin, but instead he sees his son. Colossians 3, verses 3 and 4. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is in your life, when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. I'm sorry, I got so excited. I got all the words twisted. Let me say it again. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You can't appear with him in glory if your life is not hidden with Christ in God. Mm. What God does see when he sees you. What does he see? Does he see Christ? Does he see Christ due to you trusting in his sacrificial and substitutionary death on the cross for you? Or does he see someone following his, all, his own rule and his own reign? I do know this. God sees and what he sees is always certain. If you don't know this God, that sees and cares in a personal way, I want to invite you to know him today. 
And if you do know him, know with confidence that he is still seeing you, everything you do, and still caring for you like only he can. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Mm -hmm. Oof, we thank you for being a God who sees. God, we thank you for seeing everything that is going on in our lives, that's going on in our country, that's going on in our world. God, we thank you, Father, that you have a plan for us, plans for good and not for evil to bring us to an expected end. God, help us to continue to place our trust in you, to continue to cast our cares upon you, to continue to grow in you and grow in our confidence that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think to ask. God, I thank you for every person that joined us this morning who does not yet know you, but desires to know this God who sees. God, I thank you that they too will begin to become a part of the kingdom. They will not only cast their cares on you, but they would cast their life in your hands. God, I thank you that today they make that decision to give their life to you. For you see everything. You see everything. And we trust you, Father God, to be able to reveal to us, to instruct us, to guide us. Mm. And we thank you for the eternal life that we have because we put our trust in you. Thank you for every person who's watching or listening right now. Thank you, God, that you are going to move in a mighty way on their behalf. That whatever they're going through, whatever their suffering is, whatever they're struggling with, that it is only for a season. And I thank you, Father, that you guide them through this season and you bring them to that expected end. And we want to come back and give you and you alone the praise and the honor and glory for all that you've done and that you're continuing to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See you